You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for Geeks Pub by the creators of TechFan. <laughs> yeah. oh, that makes it sound far more important than we actually I, Yeah, are. I know. <laughs> um, I only got two messages saying that we should put Geeks Pub back in the TechFan feed. So I'm not doing right. it yet. No. Nope. I want to hear from more people. Um, welcome, David Cohen. Hello. I'm Tim Robertson. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and funny, funny. We should accidentally cross paths like this. It's crazy. Just happen to I'm open just the sat same. Here uh, in the pub, <laughs> having a drink. I mean, of course, no. Well, certainly in the UK, nobody can do that at the moment. So nah. <laughs> it kind of blows up. Maybe, maybe we should change the name of our show. Instead of Geeks Pub, it should be Geeks Lockdown. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> we just sat at home, so, binge watching TV <laughs> and yeah. r- ranting to ourselves about it how bad everything is i've been uh you know i i am a a a fan of the detroit lions and uh we've had one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl on a bad team for a long time matthew stafford i mean he's he is amazing but after this year and yet another coaching change complete from the ground up general manager i mean everything's changing um we knew that he was probably going to go somewhere, and then it came out that he's requested a trade. Right. And Detroit fans like me are like, yeah, okay. Because he hasn't really got us over any humps. He hasn't helped us win, you know. So he's he's on the outs now. and uh, But the focus has been on a, a, who they're going to hire as a coach and a general manager, and all that's finally come together. Yeah. And our coach, for a good week and a half, got all kinds of national media attention because in his introductory press conference, uh, he's an ex-player, by the way. Right. You know, he, he actually played for the Lions for a few years. And he, he had this thing about, if you knock us down, we're going to get back up. And as we come up, we're going to bite your kneecap off. <laughs> and then if you knock us down again, it's going to take longer to knock us down again. And then we're going to take another chunk out of your other knee. And, man, people were just running wild with it. And Detroit fans, for the most part, were like, heck yeah, that's what we want. We want to... A crooked nose, tough guy. That's that should be the mentality of this team. It it fits Detroit. You know what I mean, right? And so that got a lot of attention. But as soon as that kind of died down, and he's putting his staff together, um, which looks like a good staff, um, the whole Matthew Stafford thing came out. Well, the Lions finally, late last night, actually did trade him, and uh, so I've been. All morning, reading about this trade with the Los Angeles Rams, the the Lions get their former number one draft pick, who hasn't done very well at, in the Rams, but maybe a change of scenery would do them good. But they also get a third round pick this year and two first round picks the next two years. So, right I, from the Lions' perspective, I think it was a home run. You couldn't ask for more. You couldn't ask for this to begin with. I thought they'd get maybe one first round draft pick. It may be a player or something, but and, is, is, and so I take it from the way you're saying that 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 is kind of the currency of the NFL is is not so much because in in soccer here it's all about salaries, it's all about how it much is, they get but paid. It isn't. Um, because the contracts work differently in the NFL, it, it, right. you do absorb salaries like the Lions have to pay um, Jeff Goff's uh, Jared Goff, sorry, that's our quarterback now. Uh, his salary, which was quite high to be honest, it was higher than Matthew Stafford. But it's only guaranteed for two years, so if they don't like him, they can move, you know, away yeah. from him. But up until this point, 
it's about draft picks, where, right, what you're going to get in the draft. And the Lions picked number seven this year. So a lot of people, including me, assumed they're going to go after their quarterback in the future in this draft at number seven. They should land a really good young quarterback. They still yeah. could, you know, but it's been uh, – it's been a fun couple of weeks. The best season for Lions fans are the off season when they're right. not actually playing because then it's yeah. they're not they're they're undefeated. Everything <laughs> yeah, is possible. They don't, they don't lose any games when they they're not lost playing. Any, they haven't made any dumb mistakes. That's the best time for to be a Lions yeah. fan. This is our Super Bowl right now when we trade. Uh, what I find interesting is that the, you know you've had this star quarterback for a long time. He's not been able to lift the team up, and then you look at what Brady's done it. Um, was it Kansas City he's gone no, to? Uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. But they're in the Super Bowl now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's just like, uh, Tampa Bay weren't a, well, they weren't really a, viewed as a Super Bowl team before Brady um, went there. They right? were getting there. They, they had a lot of <clears throat> good pieces. But they basically assembled kind of an all-star team um, because they got Brady. So, right. yeah, I you know, here's the thing with, with Tom Brady, who, by the way, went to um, you uh, Michigan, real close to us, mm-hmm. and he's still a Michigan guy, too. Like, he signed a jersey for another player. There's a big thing in the NFL where they swap jerseys with other players. Yeah. And he signed his to this guy who played for Ohio, who was Michigan's big rivalry. Ohio State and Michigan State are the big one of the big rivalries in college football history. One of the oldest as well. And... Um, Ohio's been killing Michigan in the last decade, though. Um, when Tom Brady signed it, he put Go Blue on it to the guy that goes who played at Ohio, which I thought, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't come down on either side of it, to be honest. I don't care, but I just thought yeah. that that was clever. Um, the, here's the thing with Tom Brady, though. <clears throat> I don't think it's arguable that he is the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. I mean... Any play in any player that played with him, receivers and stuff like that, look like and they were all pro, amazing receivers. And then they go to any other team and they're average. So he yeah. was taking average players and making them look way better than their actual skill level was because he's Tom Brady. He was elevating everything and everybody around him. Yeah. And and just his command of the offense and and his force of will, that's what makes a quarterback great. And Matthew Stafford's never had that. And Mm -hmm. Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback of all time because he has it in spades. So it's it's interesting. I mean, He's still playing at this level. He's almost forty. Uh, uh, he's older than forty. Oh yeah, that's right. He's oh, he's over. He's forty three. I think. Um, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, amazing. And and yeah, you, I mean, really, what I'm, as I say, what kind of underlines that leadership that you're talking about, which is not something that you can you can really define, and probably not really something you can train, is the fact that he goes to a. You know, he goes from the Patriots and he goes to a different team, and immediately, bang, they're they're in the Super they're Bowl, going all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and of course that that sets up the dream thing is if he if he were to win it this year, you know, um, though I can't imagine many Patriots fans will be thrilled. No, Patriots didn't even make the playoffs. They were really yeah. bad this year. <laughs> well, there's there's the flip side, isn't mm-hmm. it? Tom Brady goes, and all of a sudden the Patriots don't um, don't perform the way they used to perform. You know, so maybe people weren't ever really scared of the Patriots. They were just scared of Brady. 
Well, but the, then you, the flip side of the argument is, and a lot of people say that, that Bill Belichick, the, co- the coach of the Patriots, is probably the greatest coach of all time as well. Yeah. So was it a combination of Belichick and Brady, or was it more one or the other? Um, yeah. As great as I think Tom Brady is, he landed at a team that was on the cusp of being really good and pushed them over the edge. Whereas when he left the Patriots, the Patriots immediately went into a rebuild. So I don't care how great the coach is, you got to have some key players, and he doesn't. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, obviously, growing up in Florida, um, a lot of the time during my my formative years, you know, I was I was there when the Miami Dolphins were yeah, kind Dan of Marino. A, a, yeah, Dan Marino and Don Shula mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, when they really were a team in contention, yet they never quite made it. Well, the you know? Don Shula, up until about probably maybe five to ten years ago, was considered probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. He was the first coach to ever get a team to go undefeated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, I don't think there's any question that Belichick is probably the greatest coach of all time and Brady's the greatest quarterback. Yeah. And that's not easy for me to say because I was such a Joe Montana fan growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it's diff- it's different generations. It's mm-hmm. different, you know. You you but you, the, you the, can't deny what Tom Brady's done. You just you, you no can't. exactly. And he's in yeah. the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are looking like the new dynasty. They've got a young quarterback who's just amazing, and they've got one of the greatest coaches of all time, Andy Reid building this thing and they look like they're on the cusp if they win it this year if the Kansas City Chiefs win it that means they'll go back to back Super Bowl champs I don't yeah. see anybody challenging them seriously for the next five years that they can keep this team together but let's get off sports yeah. because I know a lot of people overseas don't care about the NFL um, uh, I'm, uh, I've booked the because uh, because the Super Bowl is, is late at night here because of the time zone difference so I've uh-huh. booked the Monday, next Monday off so there, that you can I watch can uh, stay and watch the entire game and then, <laughs> and then sleep in. So. A whole bunch. The big thing about the Super Bowl for a lot of people were the commercials. It's the commercials Super Bowl yeah. as well. We and don't we don't get those here. If I want the commercials, I've got to watch them on YouTube. Well, the, it used to be a way bigger deal than it is now, I think. Um, yeah. A bunch of, including Budweiser, has pulled out of the Super Bowl commercials this year. Well, why would you? I mean, the, the the whole market is down, and and nobody can. It's very difficult for people to spend alcohol stuff. Alcohol sales when, is not down. The restrictions, huh? Alcohol sales is not down. Well, yeah, no, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, we're in a we're in this crisis, and yeah. why it doesn't, spend that kind of money? It, yeah, why? It's, it's an enormous amount of money. Why do that when we're in a crisis and the market's so unpredictable? Yeah, I so, also think uh, that a lot of these advertising agencies. We're tired of spending, and it kept, the price kept going up and up and up for the Super Bowl. So this is their opportunity to kind of maybe pull back a little bit and and get some of that focus off of the great big giant Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's move on. Um, mm-hmm. I you want to talk about Star Trek Discovery? I posted something on Facebook that you said you disagreed with. Well, yeah, yeah this was a few weeks ago. Um, I, I'm gonna gonna try and pull it up here. What you said. Um, but basically you were ranting that season three of Star Trek Discovery had lost its way, um, that um, who cares about the emotional growth of the characters every episode, 
um and uh it's lost it's lost what was good about it and you were kind of done with it one of the questions i wanted to ask you was have you continued watching it did you watch it at the end of the season i did yeah do you not feel that that i i agree with you they had a little bit of a dip in the middle there um there was a couple of episodes that that were a, a little bit turgid and slow um but after that i thought it picked up nicely and um really kind of you know the, the problem with discovery is they always they often make decisions that you kind of go oh well yeah i mean the whole spore drive thing you know it's a it's a it's a a, a way of transporting ships around the galaxy uh, using a some sort of fungus network that exists somewhere out there yeah it was a bit of a wacky off the wall idea and in the end the way they implemented it we kind of all kind of bought a lot bought along with it um but but you know this season they kind of solved the the whole um what caused this burn this this kind of dilithium crisis in the future by saying oh, it was because because a kid had a tantrum, right? And and it, it really is... It, I, yeah, well, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty preposterous to swallow, even by Star Trek in, standards. In this, this and clearly they have a... they have a On the writing staff there, I mean, they, they obviously have people who, who want to make technology a little bit more organic, and this is what they're doing. The spore drive is that, this idea is that as well. Sometimes they land better than they don't. There are some, some difficult things there but i thought generally as a as a kind of a progression of the season yes there was a little bit of a sag in the middle where they were just kind of and that's when i posted that on facebook it it was before the last three episodes yeah and i was just getting so bored with it because here's my problem with discovery for the first two years it started out with a bang it was really good and then it's just Michael crying every freaking episode. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I don't even care about this character anymore. All she does is she has a little bit of growth, and then she cries about something. And a little bit of growth, and then she cries about something. And then this weird, almost Joker, maniacal smile she gets every now and then. It, she just, I don't like her as a character. I think the actress is fine. It's just, they're trying to portray her as some kind of a building this great great eventual captain which happens finally but i just don't care i don't think uh, she's yeah. a leader you know her, her well, constant yeah, I, sacrifices for her crew and their devotion to her yeah it, i just don't buy any of it you stop I, I, freaking yeah. crying about everything did you see picard or cisco mm. or or you didn't see these characters crying all the time and that's all she does she doesn't have a season where she doesn't cry at least five times <laughs> it's like grow up a little bit jesus i yeah i i agree it is a sometimes it is a bit of a shame well it's a lot of a shame that uh, they've really kind of coalesced um a really strong ensemble cast now these these are all these are all characters yeah. we kind of grow along with and i'm not I'm, I'm talking about the entire bridge crew everybody has gotten development mm, um, some more than you know, others even, but yes even, yeah even the guy <laughs> Even the guy who only ever, who only ever opens hailing frequencies and runs a transporter has got a little bit of development this season. What's his name? Bryce, I think. All he ever does is transport people off the bridge and open hailing frequencies. He he is a modern day Uhura. Um, but um, even even that, they they've kind of they've built this idea that that the this group of characters is tight knit, and it would be really great if they stopped focusing so much on Michael and really allowed 
some of the other characters some breathing space. The one, the one who gets the most is Tilly. Um, and she and is the least interesting character on the entire series. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I, for, I, for Saru to make her the number two. For why? Not from skill. All she does is screw up things. Well, she has look, no leadership I, yeah. ability, period. They've tried uh, to give her some this year. It didn't work. It fell flat well, on its face. The reason it didn't work is... I mean, let's try... Because she's not, not like, a oh, you, Well, you, it's not... The, the point is, it's not like you give the actress the script and then go, right, it's up to you to lead now. If you don't pull it off, then you're out of here. The problem with Tilly is that they made her number one, yeah, which was a questionable decision, let's be honest, but uh, you could... But, but they kind of... They embrace that in the show. I mean, even, you know, the Admiral's going, well, Saru, guess whatever you think is right, yeah? Um, but but then they threw her under the bus because they put her in the command chair and then things went, <laughs> things went to crap in, as one of the characters said, in 10 minutes. And... Um, you just think, well, actually, if you want to, if you want to demonstrate some sort of art for this character, you can't turn around and say, "We think your leadership material." Put them in the chair and then construct a, a script which basically sees her get her ass kicked. Exactly what? Yeah, yeah but the, even before that, though, her character—I'm not talking about the actress. I've seen her in a couple yeah. other roles. She's a good actress, but the character is what I'm talking about here. I never bought that character in a leadership role. She is yeah. not a main character. She is a you know, a sidekick. She'll always be the sidekick. She'll be the one that comes up with the solution um, by clumsy. Oh my gosh! Look what I just found, yeah. you guys. But the problem, yeah, the problem is they've brought in a new character to fulfill that role now, so she can't do that. That's why they've tried to take her on this on this thing, and I presume it's it's a the idea is is it a long term growth? They're basically going to turn her into the next Michael, which will be the. Yeah, she's not. The, that now though. we'll focus on her turning into into a great leader, and they've decided to start it by giving her some opportunity, and then and then kicking her down, which frankly is what they did to Michael in season one. Um, and uh, I, I I think they need to start thinking in some different directions for this rather than revisiting the same stuff over and over again I don't disagree with that but I think the problem is you kind of in your rant you were kind of starting to write off the entire season which I thought was had started well it did dip in the middle and I thought from actually from that episode onwards it got a lot better very quickly I thought the Giorgio episodes were excellent um particularly using the because we're all getting thinking oh how the, we know that michelle yo was going to a spin-off series and we're thinking how the hell they're going to do that there is no section 31 or you know section 31 the same universe isn't going to be thing and we when when they when they kind of solve that everyone's thinking oh it's going to be q they're going to use q you know classic star trek thing using q and then they come up and they brought something from the original series in such a great way it really kind of worked the Guardian mm, Forever, yeah. and and I thought so. I thought that was that was good because they used two episodes to show that Michelle Yeoh's character has grown, even though she's still the you know the lethal badass she always was. I I, I really really enjoyed those two episodes. I thought they were great. Obviously, all the cast love playing the bad guy, so they all in, enjoy doing the whole mirror universe thing. And then as they've moved towards the uh, end of this end of the season. I thought, you know, it's been pr- it's been pretty good. Is it the best they've ever done? No, not at all. But um, you know, it's it's still okay. It's still pretty good. It's still watchable. It's still Star Trek Discovery to me. Um, Here's you know, my problem: and- Picard was so great. 
Well, yeah, okay. Then, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree right. with you. Picard it is nowhere was so, near as good so as Picard great. was. Yeah. Um, I thought Pike as the captain, that actor who redeemed his awfulness in the Inhuman series, by the way. Yeah. Um, he was fantastic. He was. Well, he, yeah, he's, he's got his own character. show coming. So yeah. But, you know, in some respects, this is part of the problem with Discovery is they invent these excellent side characters and they're so good that they have to spin them off for their own show. But the problem yeah. is what they're left with is yeah. subpar. I, where's Harry Mudd series? That's what I want to see. <laughs> he Did you see the little short that they did on him? Yeah, that, that did, was yeah. fantastic. Uh, and in fact, Alexandra has only just really gotten into Discovery. Poor um and uh well no he started with the first season and he's really really rocking it and i and in fact i stuck my head around his bedroom door the other day and he was watching the uh you know the the time loop mud one where he's killing lorca yeah. over over again that was such a great episode yeah. yeah um i've lost my excitement for the discovery show yeah okay i i mean look i, I just i, I just I'm not they're not i i, I think it's Quite honestly, it's kind of boring. I don't care well, about this it, cast. Here's where I differ with I you. I don't For like all Saru. Of those... I don't like Michael at all anymore. Uh, I like the char- the guy that they are made Spock and Christopher Pike. Well, they're going to the Star Trek Enterprise or whatever they're going to call it. So, yeah. great. That's going to be good. Uh, poor Ash disappeared completely. I mean, yeah, that was an interesting I, character. It was an interesting character. I really didn't like it, though. Um, I, I just thought it was it was all too much. I, I didn't actually buy the transformation. Oh, I didn't either. But it, you know, it was interesting um, though. But yeah, he's just completely but, gone, and no one even references him anymore. Well, Silly is an left. awful character. She just I think the best thing they could do with that character is kill her off in the next season in a way that's Ooh. so meaningful that gives weight to her character, and it's shocking. I think that would be really good. Uh, Gabriel, the bad guy from last season, who was maybe he was taken over. I'm not sure. Uh, I liked him. <laughs> Captain Yo or Philippa Emperor Emperor Empress. Philippa. Oh. Um, she's a really good character. She she just chewed scenes. Yeah, with wh- whoever she was with. Um, what's his name? Um, the Doctor, the black guy, Culba. Yeah, yeah, I like Hugh. him. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But then you get to, I I, I don't like the uh, spore guy drive. Spore drive. Yeah, he, spore he's drive boring. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some growth going on to him, but I liked his snarkiness in the first season, which is completely yeah. gone now. Now he's a mentor to this other person it, who I don't care about, <laughs> who might be having a psychotic breakdown, but maybe not. Maybe this it's weird. Um, I like Jet. She's the, the popped up out of nowhere in season two, and she's in engineering. And yep. I like her snarkiness. Again, we're going to start. Yeah, but it's weird with her because she. she I mean, clearly the, the actress can't commit to the series. She kind of pops up in an episode, and then you don't see her for three episodes. And it's like, where have you gone? Right, you're meant to be. 
you're meant to be working in engineering. Um, and, and it's just like, uh, where, where are you? Now, presumably she works in the real engineering because the spore drive bay is the experimental part. Right. They presumably have something that looks like Scotty's old rig, right. which is with the warp drive and all of that. And you never get to see that. And presumably that's where she lives. That's her domain. And it's just like, well, there's a character I want to see more of. How does she run engineering with all this weird stuff going on? Yeah. yeah? And why is she not involved more with discussions with the bridge all the time, like every other engineer on every other starship we've ever seen? And apparently there's, she just, yeah, all going right down here. Don't disturb me, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which she will probably say, but I want to see, see say that. I want her to say, yeah. look, you don't need to be keep calling down to me in engineering. I've got this under control. Yeah. That's the sort of thing she would say and she would do. And and it's really weird that she only pops up to kind of spar with Stamets every now and again. And it's just like, again, you know, that sort of character, you'd expect her to be bouncing off everybody on the ship, not yeah. just the one guy. She's grumpy like um, Bones is. I like her. Yeah, exactly. And she's so good at it. Yeah. The actress is brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, she you can tell that there's like a heart under there, but she's got this really brash exterior i mean like uber brash exterior and she just gives zero craps about anything and it's it's really good and you think yeah i want to see more of that and this is what i'm saying is that i agree with you to an extent is that i think their focus for the stories is in the wrong place and they could make far better use of their ensemble cast who are all great actors actors and you know what it's perfectly clear that these people love working together yeah i mean there's a real camaraderie there that's more than just acting i agree it's obvious they really enjoy working on I, this show 100 agree and, and i wish they would make and more the, of it and the writers are just letting them down season after season now yeah and, and there's I, good I, I think, episodes in all three seasons but they're in my opinion overshadowed by the the bad the bad is well, outweighing yeah, the good quite a bit i think i think especially when back, you look at uh what was that show I, it's I don't know if it's coming back. They keep saying it is, but Seth, the Orville, the Orville, so much yeah. better. It's a yeah. way better show. And uh, granted, they are just ripping off Next Generation, no question. But that's okay because Next Generation was a great show. That Discovery really should have learned a lot from Orville. They haven't. Um, you know, I, the new character Cleveland. I really like him. Yeah, he's really good. He's really, really good. Let, give me him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I don't care if it gets. I know it's it's already been renewed. I already know that. If it goes away though, and they don't do a season four, I'm fine with that. I so far, Say, I yeah. was excited at the end of last season because oh, now they're in the future. So great, this is going to be awesome. No, it's pretty crappy. I think I look. I I. I agree with you this season hasn't been the best, but I, I, th- I think the reason I, I kind of took um, I took umbrage at what you said is I thought you were, and you're still saying it, you're kind of writing it off saying you don't care anymore. I don't. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I think there are issues with it, but you know what? I think sometimes it's easy to look back at the old Star Treks with rose-tinted glasses. You know what? Back in the next generation era, there were some really, really awful episodes. There were, but even, here's the problem Even during this. some of the best seasons of Star Trek and the next generation, there were some real stinkers. Yep. But they actually you know? had good character development. You actually did understand each character was very unique. Yeah. I don't get that. These are cardboard cutouts, half of the crew. And the ones that they're developing quite honestly is kind of boring you, it's characters you don't care about 
yeah, Saru well, yeah, is so yeah. one-dimensional. I mean, uh, uh, he is yeah, not a I, good captain. Uh, he is a good captain, don't get me wrong. But he is just... Uh, he's boring. I yeah, don't, I, I don't I, care I, about his character. I, 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 I do hear what you're saying, and, and I'd like to see them spread the love in terms of character development. And I think we've seen Michael develop enough over well, three Michael years now. Well, Michael and... Sil, um, what's her name? Tilly. Tilly. Those two yeah. characters are the lamest characters and they keep focusing on on them it's like oh my god can we get enough of these two characters because the show actually gets better when they get away from those characters but yeah. but the producers and the writers just like we go okay why okay what's going to happen to make michael cry this episode jesus christ really another <laughs> well, tear look, episode yeah i i mean we, we i think part of the problem is we were hoping this season it would be less the epic arc and more of the you know, kind of Planet of the Week type episodes, yeah. which is what Star Trek does so well. Yeah. Um, and we've not had that. No. We've still had the, you well, know... Well, it's not oh, the, Planet the, the, of the... We, no, I would disagree with that too, because I think Star Trek Deep Space Nine was amazing, and they didn't do Planet of the of the Week. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, they did. They did for many years before they decided to go... I mean, it, it was about the third year before they started to go into the whole Dominion War thing. Um I, but the problem is, we I think we were expecting a kind of more of a change of tone. The problem, the difficulty is, is that is that with Michael they've got a they've got a white whale syndrome. Every season she gets something she fixates on, and then she pursues it until and it gets wrapped up by the end of the season. Right. The first year it was it was the Klingon War. Yep. Yeah. The second year it it was the the Red Angel, and then this year it's been the Burn. Yeah. Now it would be nice if Michael just settled down. And did her job and stopped obsessing about something because we've we've seen three years of her overcoming her obsession. It's always the same. It's like at the first nobody takes her seriously, thinks she's being a nutter, yeah. Then during then she she kind of pushes through that and finds some evidence that makes people take start taking her seriously. And then by the end of the season, it's like everyone's on board with with what she wants to do and she comes out vindicated. Yeah, but we've seen that story three years now. Yep. I want to see something different. Yep. So Not, it really sounds you know, like you, when you told me in text that you wanted to take umbrage with you know my Facebook post, actually it sounds like you agree with me. I, no, I don't. I, I think it's a matter of, of degree. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not dismissing you're what you're saying. You were where I was last year then. Maybe, um, yep. but I'm not at the point where I think, you know, the show needs to be written off. And, uh, I'm not saying I it should be enjoy- written off. If, I think it's redeemable. I just think that they need to get creators in there that understand what Star Trek is, what the, the faults of the current show is, address it quickly, and move in a totally new direction. I thought that's what we were going to get with them going to the future. You know, we could stop talking about Michael's past, but no, no, we can't. Um, it, you know, it started out with a bang. Okay, Michael's not with the crew. She's with this other guy. Um, very interesting characters, visiting different places. This is very interesting. Oh, there is a mystery. What happened to Dilithium? Oh, it's just a spoiled child that oh, somehow is over 100 years old, but has a mental capacity of a six-year-old. It's yeah. just stupid. It's just stupid. Stupid. Oh well, yeah, but a mental capacity of a six-year-old, but also apparently, cap- apparently capable of influencing the entire universe. Yes, he can. Uh, he yeah. can scream as a child, and somehow there's an entity or not an entity. It's just his reaction to these. Deli- it's it was the dumbest 
dumbest thing. It really, really was. It was just stupid. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I admit, it wasn't a strong idea. No. But, you know, but, um, uh, part of the problem, I think, with Discovery is it's had several sets of showrunners over each year. I think they change each, they've changed each yeah, year. I don't know. It's just um, bad. And and that, that doesn't, re- you know, everyone comes in and has a different idea. And certainly, look, I don't want to see Discovery go away. Um, I, I, I do if they probably, can't write the ship. Well, I even probably wouldn't mind if it stayed as it is um, and got just a little bit better. I'm not necessarily looking for a complete, um, you know, complete redesign to to our specifications, so to speak. I am. Um, well, yeah, I know you are, and I think that's where that's where we differ. Is that I think it's good enough. Is it even when it's mediocre? I think it's good enough that I I enjoy watching it. If it just stays it is, I will continue to watch it. The the difficulty is is that um there are some structural changes and and i've i've no idea at all whether those will happen or not and and i think I, what we can both agree on is that if the if it continues as it is then what will happen is it will as as it happened with other star trek shows sometimes is that it will just diminish and diminish the point they cancel it because well, that's what happened with enterprise yeah here's and, what happened you know, was that yeah and i agree with enterprise that was a spin but here's the thing I think that they launched a little bit too soon. They weren't sure about the whole streaming thing, so they went this route with Discovery. And then Star Trek came out, or Star Wars came out with their first series, and now they've had two seasons. And Star Trek has shown that you can do that kind of programming on that kind of level, and people will respond to it. And Star Trek Discovery is kind of stuck in the, we're dipping our toes into the streaming. Yeah. You know, they could take... I think WandaVision is another good example. You don't have to do, you know, the same old, same old. Yeah. You can go in totally different directions. And if, if Paramount, because that's who it's going to be now, it's not going to be CBS All Access here in the U.S., it's going to be Paramount. Yeah. Um, do something different with it, you know? Cut that, cut down the cat. Why does it have to be what it is today? And it has been the last three years. Change yeah. it up a hundred percent. Don't show well, don't the, show anybody on the season right now next year. Discovery is a whole different show. Mm-hmm. That would blow people's mind, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, but it's not gonna happen. salaries salaries and, and contracts mean that's not gonna happen. No. The the other problem I think they're facing is that we've talked about these fabulous characters they're spinning off. Yeah, there's a real risk that if um the people who run these new shows do a good job, that that Discovery will just pale by comparison. You know, yeah. because everyone's going to say, "Oh, Strange New Worlds with uh, Captain Pike is the is the real new Star Trek show." And well, I Section think the real new is... Star Trek show is Picard, and, it, and well, yeah, Discovery I mean, I mean that, that, pales yeah, by that's, comparison. That's now, the other. That's thing, not that fair pic- because look, it's it's Jean Luc Picard. The writers knew exactly what they were doing. They had a plan when they come in, unlike Discovery. Um, they and they have an actor who let's be honest is an a-list actor i mean he is just and he knows this character you know and it had nuance in it it looked amazing the acting was a just and they could fall back on the nostalgia because it's their own nostalgia it's them whereas discovery has none of that including knowing where these characters are going yeah i don't think that actually is a real yeah that is a real problem for discovery is that you know every time they do nostalgia they've got to do it 
um, it, through the lens of it's it's not not something they wrote or created. The advantage, real advantage, Picard had is that it was a real love letter to the next generation, yeah. and they did it so well. Um, and they brought character, you know, they brought characters. We we wondered what happened to them. And they brought them back and showed us what happened to them. And the way they paid it off was really, really believable. Um, what happened so, to the one girl with the cyborg eye, Kayla? Right? They uh, they were Detmer. hinting, yeah, the, the, uh, they were the hinting at something. And then, yeah. oh, no, she's fine now. Yeah, Are you, <laughs> they were, what? yeah, they were hinting that she was having some sort of breakdown and that she wasn't handling the transition well. Um, and that she was very stressed and everything. And yeah, it just seems to have kind of gone away. She yep. just seems to have gotten over it. She almost she suffocated and then she's okay. Yeah, she got to fly a uh, book ship and, and as a pilot with manual control for a while. And apparently that's sorted yep, her that's out. All, so. That's all she needs. She almost needed to die a few times at her own hands. And then she's okay now. But see, yeah. that's what I mean. They were starting to build up something right here. Somebody had an idea and then they just completely dropped it. Yeah, and, and that would have been really. I mean, you Turning know, Star Trek has always been, been a. Great. Yeah, it's always been a utopia, but to to show somebody really dealing with effectively post traumatic stress disorder and trying to continue to to do a very tough job and struggling with that, and and that would have been a really interesting character arc, you know. Uh, and uh, turn yeah, her kind into of, more of a Borg queen type of character where she starts assimilating. You know, some yeah. cast members they kick her out, and she becomes a big baddie for the next two seasons. Well, you that know what? Awesome. I, I have found I have found myself thinking through this season is is you know one one place they've not been to yet, presumably because of Picard is the Borg. But you have to wonder at some point the Borg are going to show up in this. Mm. Um, you know, because I can't imagine the Borg went away. I, I don't want years. I don't want Discovery to touch the Borg. No, I don't want them either. But they will do because this is what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bankrupt on what, ideas, and and that and so again, you're coming back to my way of thinking. <laughs> What's going on with Star Trek right now, David? Is they're just trying to hit what they've done before, make it successful again. They're not moving it forward again. Look at what Marvel's doing with Disney Plus. Look what Star Wars, even more appropriately, is doing with Disney Plus. Do that. Go in different directions. Don't just yeah. replicate what you've done before. And as good as Star Trek. The next one is going to be Enterprise or whatever the Captain Pike show is. Yeah. It's just going to be more next generation slash original series, right? Planet to planet, yeah. bad guys, wrap it up by the end, next episode. Um, I, and, and, that you no, know that's and, what it's going to be because they, they're yeah. they're they're creatively bankrupt there. They don't have any really new ideas. That they, and I'm not saying it's not going to be entertaining. I'm sure it will be because the characters, the actors that they've got have meat to them. They could really do something with yeah. this. But that being said, a, they're 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 creatively bankrupt. They have no new ideas. They're just uh, well, going to keep see, going to the well. You see, there I disagree with you. There I disagree with you. I think I think actually what they did this season in terms of new ideas, they I mean they moved to a whole new time frame. They create a whole new universe. I think all the ideas they started with. And remember how excited we were with that first episode of this season. Yeah. And and they introduced book and they introduced the new ships and the way things are and all that, the burn and everything. I thought all of those were great ideas. Right. The problem is the way they've executed. Exactly. Them ideas the don't mean anything, David, because they, can, well, they because they have, oh, they have some new ideas and then they're just going to fit it into the, the trope that they've done in the past. Great. Yeah. Here we go again. Michael's crying. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for Grudge to step up and take command of the Discovery next season. 
Uh, the cat. I'm okay with that. I like the cat. <laughs> I think we we all know there's something going on with the cat. Well, I think it's the same cat that scratched Fury myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to something I am excited about. So what's that then? Back on TechFan, you know, we've we've talked about you know some of our first computers, and my mm-hmm. first computer was an awful thing. And <laughs> that's, a, that's a starting point. I loved it so much; it was terrible. It was awful. Um, yeah. Seen a theme here? Yes, awfulness. <laughs> um, I, I my first one was a, a, a Mattel Aquarius. Now I got this computer because my mother and father back in the eighties had gone to one of these uh, timeshare meetings, right? Mm-hmm. So these companies here in the U.S. would send out these invites. Come to this meeting. It's, it lasts, you know, four hours. And at the end of the meeting, whether you um, join or not, you get something. And my parents were, well, they were suckers for stuff like this, right? My parents are really bad with finance. And, you know, we yeah. I didn't grow up with a lot of money at all uh, because my mom didn't work. And my dad had a not a great paying job. And they were bad at finance. So... Uh, you know, I I would I did not have luxury. Let me put it that way. Um, but they went to this meeting. They were going to get a color television, uh, but they didn't. So what they got to pick out was something else. And so they got me this. They thought it was a video game thing, right? Even though it says home computer system. Mm-hmm. Now I was at an age where. I wasn't into computers. I was into video games, but I wasn't into computers. So they brought me this thing home, which when you plug it in, it didn't do anything. You know, they didn't, yeah. I didn't have any software to run on it. So it was really quite useless for me. I didn't know. I figured out how to print my name in an infinity, uh, you know, 10 print Tim, 20 go to 10. And then my yeah. name scrolls forever. So I figured out how to do that. But I lost interest after that because I, you know, I had an Atari. So, it kind of sat there, and I played with it quite a bit, but eventually I grew bored with it. I think I ruined it somehow. Um, I tried to jam Atari cartridges into it. I took the... <laughs> of course you did. It made really cool colors on the screen when I would do that. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was my first computer. And I've known about it for over a decade now. That It took me a while to figure out what the hell the name of it was. Because how do you blue keyboard, you know? <laughs> what are you looking for? I don't know. No, I you, should, you should have asked me. I remember these from back in the day. Well, I, you know, I've been looking at them on eBay. And the prices are sky high sometimes. And if they're not, they look like they're junk. Yeah. So, so the reason, yeah, the reason it's sky high is because it was on the market for such a short period of time. They didn't sell many. Right, they didn't it, sell. It, it got hit really bad by the... Uh, the game, the console crash, and the the, the computer price crash as well. Yep. So uh, apparently, it was discontinued virtually immediately. Yep. Oop, sorry about that, folks. Hit the microphone with my hand. I bet that was really loud. Um, so I've been looking at these for a long, long time, and I've been wanting to get one. And when one would pop up that looked like it was a good one, it was always too much money. Including the reason I'm bringing this up is one popped up, and it's vintage Mattel Aquarius brand new and original box and the guy only wanted $110 for it which you know it's it's to me it's not worth $110 it that's too much no. money for it yeah that's too much right 
and plus it's got $20 shipping. And that's, I don't want to spend that much. I mean, at that point, you know, well, it'd be $130. I don't, I don't want to spend $130 for this thing. That yeah, I doubt if that? I'll even plug it in, to be honest. I might buy that's, a couple games for yeah. it, but yeah, you know, that I got to buy controllers too. And yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I just wasn't interested. So I saw this yeah. one pop up and I looked at it two or three times. But they had a make offer. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to make an offer. I'll make an offer for 50 bucks. That's less than half of what this guy's... And this is an offer I've made on ones in the past, and they're 100% has been rejected. Yeah. I figured 50 bucks plus 20 for shipping, $70 all in, I would pay that. So I made an offer, and five minutes later, the seller accepted. Cool. So... It's brand new in the box, Aquarius. Um, it's just going to go on a shelf because that's all I really want it for. I want one. I'm not going to play with it. I probably will a couple times, uh, but I just wanted one. It was my first one. I wanted to. I wanted to touch it. That tactile. I own it. I don't care about the box. I'll probably throw the box away immediately, which I know yeah. is sacrilege for some people. But I don't. I don't collect boxes. I collect the games. So I've got my original computer coming that's still in the box brand new. I'm kind of excited. Cool. So I, I, unsurprisingly, given how similar we are, I kind of feel the same way about this sort of thing. And your your idea on the pricing is exactly the same as me. Yep. I I see things that I couldn't have when I was young, much younger yep. because they were so expensive. Yep. And I think I'd like to have one of those now. Now, with me, I, I normally do play around with them. Um, but the reality is, is once you've got more than two or three of them, you can't use them on a regular basis, no. even no matter how excited you are about them. So you do end up kind of putting them away and maybe touching them or getting them out every once in a while. You're glad you own it, it but it, that's yeah. all it really is. Exactly. And you're right. At, 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 it scratches an itch that you've had exactly. for a long time. And, and yeah, over $100 or over £100 yeah, pounds no, or something like that is a lot of money for something that you're barely going to use. Yeah. Whereas... 50 you can kind of go oh well you know it's like a meal yeah it's like a meal out if i get more enjoyment well out plus of it i feel like i out. got a good deal because yeah. i've been rejected for the years now for my make an offer and i've never offered more than 50 well there's yeah. one time i actually did offer a hundred dollars but it was in worse shape than this but it also had the cassette player it had like four games with it it had the controllers it had the expansion memory module i mean it had a lot of stuff that but the thing is, I never had any of that stuff, so I'm not nostalgic for... I had the cassette player, but I didn't have the game controllers. I didn't, you know, I don't have any nostalgia for that. But the computer itself, I did. So, and that's what I'm getting. I, yeah. I remember the power pack that comes with this thing weighs four times as much as the computer itself. Yeah. So, funnily enough, I've had a very similar experience in the last month. So... The thing I've always been after, this is not something I had. This is something I always wanted. When I first got into um, when, when my first job, um, I was a computer technician at a company. Um, and just before that, I'd been at university and I had an old, well, it was it was new, but it was uh, kind of a discounted uh, XT laptop. It's from Epson, I think it was. It, this thing weighed about eight pounds. It was enormous. The battery died within three months of me buying it because it was from like a clearance place. So I just used it plugged in. I wrote my thesis for a university on it. And the, the great thing about laptops back then is the keyboards were phenomenally good. 
Yeah, nothing like nowadays. I mean, you've got proper full mechanical keyboards on it. So, um, having had the Epson, um, and no, this this machine didn't even have a hard drive. It had two floppies, and I thought, there's no way I want one of those again. What I always aspired to at the time was a laptop from Toshiba. Yeah. The early Toshiba laptops were beautiful. They were really well designed. They were extremely well made. Um, and I always liked the look of them. I also, Toshiba managed to make them look thinner than they actually were and, and look nicer than they actually were. And they normally had phenomenal keyboards on it. So I've always been after an old Toshiba laptop from the, you know, from the late 80s, early 90s. And same problem. They're always quite expensive. If they aren't expensive, they often don't work properly. There's a lot of problems with this old stuff now where capacitors are starting to leak. Um, and if they've not been replaced on the board, then the thing's not going to work reliably. Uh, and I actually bought one in December, paid a little bit more than I wanted for it, paid a little bit over £100. Um, and when it arrived, it, st- it it stopped working. <laughs> Within the first time, I, I boosted it up and Probably I had to return a capacitor it. capacitor or something. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the problem. So... Um, you know, I kind of almost resign myself saying this This is probably never going to happen now because I won't be able to find a working one for the money right. I want. And then same sort of thing. I had, um, I spotted one on eBay. It was it was working, a Toshiba T1910. Um, and they said it was working but faulty. And when I looked at why they said it was faulty, it's because the battery doesn't work. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, but... The batteries don't work on any of these computers right. anymore. Yeah, and that's not a big deal. So, um, but I think because it was listed as working but faulty, it had very little interest. And I bought, I managed to get it for £40, hmm. um, which is a third, easily a third of what a good one of these go for. Um, and, you know, bearing in mind the experience I had before, I wondered whether it would turn up and, be, and uh, not work. But you know what? It's beautiful. It works completely well. Boots up. Um, goes straight into uh, Windows 3.1. It's got software in there. There's no problem with the drive. There's no problem with the display. The only thing it's missing, the Toshiba's back then didn't have built-in trackball. They had a, a, a trackball that kind of clipped onto the side and actually went into a special port. So it was like a trackball that stuck out of the side. Well, I managed to found, find one of those on eBay, £5. So I bought that, and that's working as well. So I've now got a complete system for um, not very much money. And yeah, it's the same sort of thing. I'm not going to use this as... I'm not going to, you know, write uh, write my next work document on it or something like that. But I'm going to futz around with it every now and again. It's nice to kind of polish up the old skills of DOS and getting Windows working and, and running some of the old programs just for a laugh every now and again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't mind doing it if you've, not, if you've uh, managed to get a bargain. So there you go. You would think that I would be into buying vintage Macs because, well, that was my passion for a long time i started yeah. mymac.com back in 95 um you think i'd be nostalgic for that stuff too but i'm really not and i think the reason for that is i was an adult when i got into that you know yeah. when i started my mac i was 25 years old it's more than half my life now um, because i'm 51 so, yeah. so you would think that i would be into that but here's the thing in my shed i have my original macintosh it's a Performa yeah. 410. It's in the shed right now. It's filthy. It's dirty. Probably I could, doesn't work anymore. Uh, and, and I don't care if it does or not. Um, yeah. But I still have that CPU. I was never... I didn't care about the monitor. The monitor was crappy. But I did care about the CPU. And I gave it to somebody else, a, a relative, who gave it back to me when she upgraded. So I've got my original Mac still. And yeah, you know the one that I got after that, it was a uh, Macintosh 
6500 the bread basket looking one i love mm-hmm. that machine i like the look of it uh it took my it helped me take my mac to a whole nother level it got me to where i am today um i have more nostalgia for that machine and i can go pick one up right now i saw one that looks brand new for 200 bucks i haven't i, I even if it was 100 bucks i don't I, yeah. I don't want it. I don't need it. So I'm not nostalgic for old for most old computer gear because again, it that was I was already in the nostalgia phase, you know, by the time yeah. that I had some of these machines. I didn't I don't need to revisit what I the computer when I was 30, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't care about it. But like so you said something was- that was really kind of interesting to me. Um, not just nostalgia for the things that you had as a kid, but things that you couldn't get back then that yeah. you always wanted. That, I think, would explain my whole thing with arcade machines. Yeah. Because when we were a kid, you couldn't own an arcade machine in your house. Well, not, if you were Ricky Schroeder on Silver Spoons, you could. But apart from that, no. Other than that, no. Um, but, you know, I always wanted one. And I, I scratched that itch. And it's still an itch I have. I still have this. I, I, I If I had the room, I would build another arcade machine. Now, I, yeah. I, I've got two. One of them I hardly ever touch. The other one I play occasionally. At least once a week, I'll play a couple games on it. Like yesterday, I played two rounds of Pac-Man. Well, Miss mm-hmm. Pac-Man. Um, <clears throat> I've got a lot of video game stuff. And I'm more nostalgic. And I hate to say collector because I, I don't go out of my way to get I got to get all the games for the system that's ever been made. Yeah. I don't care about that. Um, but I still have some itches that I want to scratch. I want to get some Atari twenty six hundred boxes. You know that like the video game. Yeah, boxes. the video game boxes, the cartridge boxes. Yeah, yeah, because I am nostalgic for some of those, like Asteroids and the bright yellow Pac Man box. But not to play the games because I can play those on my in my web browser if I want. Um, but to, to actually display as artwork because that's what yeah. I'm interested in. That's interesting to me. Have I scratched that itch? No. Have I been tempted? Uh, a couple times, but I have to come up with the solution of how I'm going to display them before I even think about buying yeah. a couple boxes. And then I only want maybe five, you know, one kind of a display shelf or a, a shadow box where I can put five or six of them in, maybe with an LED white light strip to kind of show them that would be cool but and i could afford to do that right now but i'm not doing it because meh. is it is it is it the original boxes you want yes. or would you want the graphic the just the uh cover art no i want well because see well that because i could have bought the tins for some of the the cover art and that's a lot easier to display yeah uh no i kind of want the original boxes okay seeing that shape that rectangular shape wrapped up under the christmas tree for a few years i mean it was like three years i would get atari games before i didn't want them anymore um i remember staring for days and days before christmas morning staring at those boxes just dreaming of what that game could be underneath there yeah you know and then you opened it and found it was et yeah and you were disappointed i you know (laughs) the thing is i'm actually reading um a book right now about that um the guy who created et not steven spielberg uh for the yeah. uh, the video game the atari 2600 game um howard scott something 
Yeah, I think I think when that book came out, I read some interviews in Wired or something with him. Yep. So you know, I kind of got the potted history of, of what happened about can, him going to see Spielberg, he, he's, and he's Spielberg a, had some yep. wacky ideas, and he's going, "No, well, I can't do that. I can't do that." Well, no, I didn't. You know, I've already been there. St- Spielberg's idea was to make an ET video game that's like Pac Man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he was like, eh, "I don't yeah. want to do that," which I don't yeah. blame him, but. We could get him probably on the show if we wanted. He knows Owen, and you know right. we could probably get him and Owen and discuss his book. He'd probably do it for the PR. He's a member of one of the groups I'm in. He posts occasionally, anyways. But still, okay. Um, I'm reading that book right now, and it's something about that time frame in video games that the beginning that I find very interesting. It's a it's an okay book so far. I'm enjoying it. I don't want to give the impression that it's not good. It is. But I've already heard these stories so many times. Yeah. And the thing is, is what I mean, we te- often when we think about or listen to people talk about these errors and the, the things that happen at the time, you know, we're looking back with the, you know, you, you look at the development of Mario. Yeah. You read those stories and you're looking back thinking, oh, my God, they were creating the greatest video character game, uh, video game character in history. At the time, they weren't thinking, I'm creating no, the break. They're just they were saying, making a new, I've got a job to do. Yes, exactly. Uh, right. I've got a deadline and I've got to deliver it. And these are my thoughts on how I'm going to get there. There's very, you know, very, very rarely do people, when they're doing something, realize they're creating something that's truly groundbreaking because because you only get that with time. And, and so many, so many times, you know, for every, for every Mario, there's probably 15 or 20 different video game characters created at the same time that have been kind of forgotten. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, and I'm not just here's the thing though I'm not nostalgic for their journey in creating this video game I'm nostalgic for me being you know a 12 year old in my socks in pajama bottoms sat in front of on the floor in front of the TV holding the Atari joysticks listening to or watching E.T. fall down yet another goddamn hole you know yeah uh, and, and I've and got I, I liked that game when it, when it first came out I played it I yeah. thought it was good yeah, can I can I just ask you why were you only wearing socks and pajama bottoms? Why weren't you wearing something on top? Well, I back then I used to go shirtless a lot. <laughs> you know, attract the the ladies. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never <laughs> you know when a lady it, would come knocking on the door on Christmas morning. I want you know uh, wanted to impress <laughs> quite well. If if the game you got wasn't a two player game, then that'd be really annoying. Yeah, it would be. But she'd be she just want to sit there and look at my glistening, you know. <laughs> torso this is bearing in mind we talk about you as a kid this is now getting very uncomfortable getting, getting uncomfortable so with that we're going to wrap up this episode of the geeks pub we'd love to hear back from you uh email is the show at geekspubpodcast.com of course you can always go to geeks pub podcast and leave a comment in the show notes same with mymac.com and you can find us on twitter and facebook we didn't separate those so it's just under tech fan in those places uh, again last time we did this episode we did uh, the movie scores and we've already decided that we're just going to say scores it doesn't necessarily have to be about movies it could be a tv show it could be whatever a r- old radio show although i no. um <laughs> <laughs> no, just not i've already i'm gonna pull, I've already picked I'm gonna pull one in now just yes with you. yeah the old uh Green, well, yeah, with Dick, Dick Tracy cereals and stuff or, like that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Lone Ranger. Um, I've already got a couple 
things for the next time we hit that. Probably won't be next episode. Next episode, uh, we're probably going to talk a little bit again about WandaVision, although maybe we'll wait until two shows from now. It'll be a month from now. That means that show will have wrapped, and we can look forward to uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon, or whatever it's going to be called. Um, (laughs) So maybe we'll put that off, but we will get back to more scores. I really had a, a fun time discussing that. Um, I've thought of way more music that I wish I would have put in. Um, and we're going to get to that, you know, it's like I said last week or last episode, David, this is going to be kind of a a continuing story because I just think it's really fun and it lends itself well for audio podcasting. Indeed. So I will see you next week on tech fan, David, and two weeks back here on geeks pub. See you then. Look forward to it.